whoever felt discriminated against. It's probably one of the most controversial topics, so what the teddy, of course. Have you ever felt less than important compared to somebody else? Has, any, has anybody ever aimed to make you feel like you're not good enough because of the colour of your skin or your culture, your gender, your age, your financial status, your education? There's a whole heap of reasons why we get discriminated against or people discriminate. Uh, that word's interesting, isn't it? Doesn't it just mean the difference between? And ultimately... Aren't we all different? Every single one of us that lives on this planet, we are completely different human beings. We're unique, individual people. So I wonder where and why we think it's okay or where discrimination even came from. Uh, and when you think about the way we got to be here on this planet, and that's why uh, we always talk about here at Max, the two epic moments in your life. The first one's the day you were born, because what a miracle that is. That one little spermazoa connected with that one little egg and there was millions of other ones and they didn't work, but that one did and you got to be born. Wow! The next epic moment, however, is why were you born? Why are you here? And I don't think that any of us were put on this planet to be mean or nasty or to gossip or to criticise or to discriminate. I just don't think that that's the reason why we're on the earth. So why are we here? And what do we do if we feel discriminated against? And if you discriminate against other people, uh, I wonder why. So I'm going to use an interesting example because I'm an exercise professional. Uh, people often share with me they don't want to go to the gym because they feel like if they're overweight or out of shape or they don't look the way you're supposed to look when you go to the gym, that people will discriminate against them, that they will feel uncomfortable. Well, having managed health clubs for 23 years of my life and literally all over the world, so Belgium, France, the US, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, uh, it's been a really interesting thing to take note that I'm usually or have usually been the person that uh, meets the person when they come to the gym. So I've always wanted to uh, have the initial contact with every person that's come into my health club, into my gym. And Every person I've ever spoken to, I've never spoken to one person that's ever in, uh, asked to be a member at the gym or come in to join the health club who said to me, I'm awesome, I'm amazing, I'm better than everybody else and I'm just going to join here because I'm perfect. Every single person I've ever spoken to has come to the gym with insecurities. They've come with, I want to change this about myself. I'm here because I want to get fitter or stronger or healthier, yes, but I don't like my body shape or I don't like my arms or I don't like my legs or I'm really overweight or a whole heap of reasons, usually negative reasons why people have come to join a health club. And it's interesting because the people that are already members at the club, they they may be in great shape now. You can walk into some health clubs and people look magnificent. You go, oh my God, I've come to a, a beauty shoot for a fashion magazine. These people are gorgeous. But can I promise you that there's two parts to that. One is that everybody came from somewhere and I've never met anybody that's come to the gym perfect. And second, it's been interesting to take note that the more perfect people begin to look, it seems the lower their self-esteem, the lower their self-confidence. Uh, and you'll often look at somebody and go, oh, they're so gorgeous, they must have such high self-esteem or self-confidence. 
And I can only share this with you personally. As, as a manager of a health club who genuinely cared about my members, that was often not the case. There was often people who they had a perfect body, but they were really, really lacking in self-confidence. So if you think that people are going to discriminate against you when you go to the gym, there's a great question to ask. Is that actually what is happening? Or is it because I don't feel good about myself and I go into a place where people are aiming to look good about good or aiming to look good and feel good about themselves that uh, because I'm, I'm further down the journey and they're further up here on the journey that uh, they're going to discriminate against me. And can I promise you that I've never seen that happen. I've never seen anybody come to a health club that's been out of shape, overweight or even morbidly obese and being treated badly by the people at the gym. Now, that's just been my experience, and if you have experienced that, I'm really sorry that that has happened because obviously whatever definition of perfect body is and whatever definition you have for what your body's supposed to look like when you go to the gym, uh, if you've never been to a gym before, I think you'll find that there's lots and lots and lots of people at that go to health clubs that don't have perfect bodies, but they're there because they want to be fit and healthy and strong. I share again that personally because my mother... When she, she knew she needed to go to the gym, her big thing was she didn't want to go because she thought she had to wear a G-string leotard. Now, she'd never been to a gym before. She just thought that she needed to because I was wearing one and I was at the gym. Uh, and that's one of the things I'm going to ask you if you are in an environment, of any environment, where people might feel that they don't belong, that they could feel intimidated, they could feel discriminated against, uh, could you be the person that makes them feel welcome, that makes them feel important, that makes them feel special? And could we break down some of those barriers that could be intimidating for people that think they can't be part of a group because they're not part of the in crowd? Uh, so the other thing that I found is interesting in health clubs, and I've lived on the ocean quite a few years of my life, which has also been interesting, uh, is that health clubs collect all different kinds of people. And so does the beach, having lived literally on the ocean for, for many years of my life. And the, what I love about both of those environments is that they are a complete neutraliser. When you're at the gym and people are in active wear, and when you're at the beach when people are in swimwear, you don't know uh, how rich they are, how poor they are. You don't know often how old or young they are, particularly at the gym, because they could be 70 or 80 and they only look 50. Uh, at the beach, you, because everyone's swimming, you know, you, you don't walk around the town dressed in, 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 the, in the undies and a bra, but at the beach, that's what women wear. And it seems to be a, what I would like to think is a non-discriminatory environment where we just go to the beach and we wear our swimmers and we go for a swim and we get some fresh air and sunshine. It's a really cool place to be. Uh, if you feel uncomfortable or intimidated at the beach, uh, have a look around. <laughs> You'll probably find that there's a lot of people who aren't in perfect shape. We often say, well, I've got to get my body into peak physical condition before I go on my beach holiday. But then when you get to your beach holiday, you realise that there's probably uh, the minute number of people at the beach that have a beautiful body. And I'm going to share again that often the people with the beautiful body at the beach are the ones that have the lowest self-esteem or the lowest self-confidence. Uh, and I'll use the differences here between men and women. 
Uh, it's funny to see a bloke and he'll be have a big beer belly and it's got he's all got a hairy beer belly and he's got skinny little legs and no bum and and he's just an, a, a normal cool guy going to the beach with his dick stickers on and he'll be standing there going where hey baby check me out and there'll be a most beautiful gorgeous woman with the most beautiful gorgeous body but she'll wear her towel wrapped around her until she gets to the water uh, and then quickly gets in the water because she doesn't want anybody to see her body because she doesn't want people to look at her or discriminate against her or make her feel uncomfortable. Here's a great question. Do we do other people make us feel uncomfortable or is that something that we do to ourselves? I'm going to use a very controversial uh, reason for that question. Uh, I have blonde hair. I've always had blonde hair and I'm going to keep having blonde hair and here's the reason why. When you've got blonde hair and I can check this is my personal experience. I'm not I'm not suggesting it's yours. But I've been treated uh, most of my life like I'm not very smart. But I've loved it. Because when people think you're not very smart, they want to teach you. If people think that you know everything, if you're arrogant, nobody wants to teach you anything. So not only, because uh, I don't know what colour my hair is now, I'm absolutely sure it's grey. But it's probably white, I don't know. But when I've got blonde hair as a woman and I'm humble, people teach me stuff. And I absolutely love it and appreciate it. But it's interesting because it's very politically incorrect now to tell blonde jokes. Uh, and I don't know if I'm allowed to because I'm a blonde, but I laugh at every blonde joke. I just think they're hilarious. Because <laughs> I've lived my life as a blonde and people have literally treated me like I'm not very smart. But I've done some really blonde things. And again, I'm not sure if you're allowed to say that. <laughs> But people, uh, if, if you get caught out, you might say, oh, I've had a blonde moment because you forgot something or you did something really silly. Uh, but the colour of our hair, what difference does it make? Why would you, be, why would you feel differently about somebody because they've got different coloured hair? Now, I've lived in, the, in a world of having blonde hair and I tell blonde jokes to myself and I laugh at all the blonde jokes and people tell jokes about blondes. Uh, but why is there a discrimination about hair colour? I'm not sure. The next thing is really uh, an interesting thing, please, to consider, uh, and this is something my, that my parents taught me. Uh, they both came from very uh, scary, uh, uh, how can I put it, places where freedom was, it just didn't exist. So my father was brought up in communist Romania, my mother was brought up in Nazi Germany, and both of them had to prove wherever they went... Uh, that they were the nationality that they were. So they had to prove, my father had to prove that he was a Romanian nationalist and my mother had to prove that she was a, national, uh, she was a German uh, because everywhere you went, there was somebody checking your papers. And my, both of my parents instilled in me that the way that made them feel was something they never wanted for their children, that they had to... They were they were discriminated against, or they they weren't discriminated against because of who they were. So there were people in in uh, communist Romania that the government was trying to seed out, trying to find, trying to murder, uh, and that's why they checked everybody's papers. So my father had the right papers, but he didn't want to live in a country where they where they were discriminating between human beings they're just human beings why is one human being better than another one this one's okay because it's got papers and this one needs to get murdered because it hasn't got papers 
And my mother said exactly the same thing. As a German, you had to prove constantly that you were a German because if you couldn't prove you were a German, they put you on a train and sent you to a concentration camp. So they were constantly living in fear, both of my parents. And they, the reason they moved to Australia and to, to a free country on purpose, very, very focused on a free country because they wanted to go somewhere where you never had to show your papers. It didn't matter where you came from. And for, for my upbringing in Australia, and my parents will tell you this until just recently, uh, Australia was the most accepting country. Uh, it didn't matter. You could be from Italy or Germany or Russia or Poland or Yugoslavia. And when my parents first came to Australia, Yugoslavia was one complete country. It wasn't broken up into all the different different countries. And people just, they escaped tyranny, they escaped dictatorship, they escaped communism, they escaped Nazism, so they could come to a country where they were free. And I'm, you can imagine, I'm very challenged at the moment because uh, the world has become a place where we discriminate for lots of different reasons. And now we live in a world where, depending on when you watch this, 20, 21, 22, uh, if you didn't have a certain piece of paper, if you didn't have a certain headspace, if you didn't agree with what the government said, you had to live a very different life or you still are living a very different life than people who do agree with the government or do have a set of papers that say it's okay, you can go there. Uh, my mother very adamantly, when she realized, when she said she was a teenager and she realized that she was living in a dictatorship, she realized that the Jewish people couldn't go to places. She realized that the Jewish people weren't allowed to walk on her side of the street. They weren't allowed to go to the swimming pool. They weren't allowed to go to the doctor. There was, they were discriminated against because of their race and their religion. So it was a double whammy. And when she realized that, my mother said, I don't want to go to the places that the Jewish people can't go to. I'm really proud of that. Uh, she didn't want to be involved with people that would discriminate against anybody. And I think that that's a beautiful human trait. Uh, that became, um, again, another turning moment in my life. So there's another defining moment. Uh, it was uh, the story of the Rat Pack, which was... Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin, and they were famous American singers uh, that were, and they were playing in Vegas, and they arrived at their casino to play. And it was a time in history where the colour of your skin meant that you couldn't do the same thing as people with white skin. And I just, I'm one of those people that has never been able to understand that. <laughs> Uh, I love all skin, particularly me, because I've spent most of my most of my life out in the sun, aiming to have brown skin. Uh, I've always loved being in the sun and being tanned. Anyway, these three famous singers who who were loved by the world at the time uh, were living in a time where there was much discrimination against the colour of your skin. And when they arrived at their casino to start their their uh, performances. Uh, it was suggested by the concierge that Sammy Davis Jr., with the darker skin, had to enter the casino through a different door because of the colour of his skin. And you only you don't have to go back very far in history to see um, from apartheid South Africa and, and slavery in America that the colour of his skin was a major discrimination. 
but beautifully, and this is, I'm, I'm talking to your heart now, I hope. Sammy Davis Jr. was told because of the colour of his skin that he had to go through a different door. And Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra said to the concierge, which then of course became the manager of the hotel, if Sammy doesn't come through the same door as us, we're not singing here, we're not performing here. You can refund all the tickets for our sold-out shows, but we're not performing at this hotel if you discriminate against our friend because of the colour of his skin. Uh, and that's been a driving force for me. I went to boarding school in Melbourne, Australia, where we had a collection of human, beautiful human beings from all over the world. It was a boarding school. So there was brown skin and black skin and yellow skin and different coloured eyes and different shape eyes and hello broody, who's, don't you love that about dogs? They don't discriminate, they just love everybody. They don't care whether you're stinky or old or where you come from or what the colour of your skin is, they just love you. Anyway, uh, I, I, in my school I never saw it, ever. We just were a group of people. I never, I never even looked at the colour of somebody's skin and thought they've got black skin or they've got brown skin. It just never entered my mind. They were just people and they were either fun, happy people and they were grumpy, miserable people. And that's probably one of my differentiating factors. I definitely want to associate with people who are happy and positive. I'm a, I, I really love that. But when people are miserable and grumpy, uh, I would like to also find out why. Why are you unhappy? Why are you grumpy? Why are you depressed? What's put you in this situation? Why is your life different to mine? Uh, which is my example for anybody that's different to me. I don't care what religion somebody is. I don't care what color of their skin. I don't care what their medical condition is. I just want to find out about people. I'm genuinely interested in people, aren't you? Uh, I don't want to ever discriminate against anybody for any reason. Uh, and I think it's really sad that we live in a world that does. And I can't change what, what adults do. But what example are we setting for our children? I don't have any kids. But I don't want the kids of our world to think that they are any better than anybody else. I don't want the kids of our world to think that they're any worse than anybody else. And I have to deal with that on a day-to-day -day basis where our future adults are told because they're not smart enough or they don't come from the right suburb or they don't have the right parents or the right coloured skin that they can achieve the goals they want to achieve. And of course, that's just not true. Because it doesn't matter what colour your skin is, it doesn't matter how tall or short you are, it doesn't matter how educated or uneducated you are, it doesn't matter where you came from. There are beautiful examples of people who have been told you can't and they did anyway. It's not possible for you and they did it anyway. People who were the wrong colour, the wrong shape, the wrong socioeconomic group, the, the wrongly educated and they just said, this is what I want to do and I'm going to go and do it. Now, I don't know whether the discrimination drove them to do what they wanted to do and that's what made them achieve. I don't know the answer to that. But I don't want that for our kids. I don't want our kids to think, well, because I've been born a certain colour or because I've been born a certain gender, I really have to fight really hard uh, because uh, the world's not going to treat me fairly. Uh, the other interesting one is the differences between men and women. Uh, having chatted a lot in the corporate world uh, and a lot in schools and a lot to women's groups, one of the questions that often comes up for me is, Rowie, have you ever uh, encountered a glass ceiling? 
And uh, first of all, I didn't know what that was, so I had to go and look it up. <laughs> and apparently that's to do with women who can't be successful as men because uh, they're a woman. And that's just ridiculous because, of course, there's literally millions of women who are doing all the things that they want to do, even though they're women. And I don't know why we would discriminate between men and women. I'm going to say something very controversial, controversial though. Uh, if there is a difference between men and women physically, emotionally, uh, could we look at it a bit differently than gender? Could we look at it as individual people? And if that individual person wants to go and do, then they have to go and do what's required for that. So if I want to go and become an airline pilot or I want to become a soldier or I want to become a lawyer or I want to become an artist or I want to become a sports person, I have to compete at the highest level, uh, not uh, be given special compensation because I'm a woman. And I'll give you another example of that. I have dealt a little bit with um, maybe we should employ more people that are women or more people that have dark skin or that kind of thing. Uh, and I find that, uh, and I'll, I'll just give you my perspective on that as a woman. If I was employed because I was a woman and not because I was the best person for the position, isn't that the ultimate in discrimination? That means that a bloke will have lost, has missed out or lost that opportunity, even though he was the best person for the position, because people thought they should have a woman. And me as a woman, why would I want to be in a position where I wasn't the best person for that role? Now, it's easy for me to say because I've grown up in a very free world, I get that. And there are, there are literally people who have died for my freedom. There are people who have died for my right to vote. There are people who have died for my right to be a lawyer, be a doctor, uh, be a sports person. I can do whatever I want to do as a woman, and there's people that have died for my right to do that. And I think it would be very, very disrespectful if we didn't appreciate that we have the right to live our lives exactly the way we want to. But then wouldn't it be fair to say other people have the right to live their life the way they want to? regardless of the colour of their skin, regardless of their culture, regardless of where they were born, regardless of their medical pieces of paper or their political pieces of paper. Uh, there's, a, there's so much argument in the world about politics and religion and whether or not you've had a medical intervention and whether or not you, you think that that country should act a certain way. Uh, I just want and this is probably just me being hopeful. <laughs> and I hate that word because hope means, for me, means that you actually have got no control over it. And I share that passionately because I've worked with a lot of people that have hoped to lose weight. But you don't lose weight. You don't get healthy. You don't get healthy, fit and strong until you take action. I've met a lot of people that have hoped to be wealthy, so they've bought a lotto ticket. Uh, when it's very simple to become wealthy, just... Uh, stop digging, spend less than you earn and put yourself into a, into a financial plan that's going to make sure that you become wealthy. That's a simple process. Uh, and I think that's as simple as it is for all humans. If you want to achieve something, if you want to do something, if you want to experience something, you've got to do the things required. And here's my big question. If I am discriminating against, if I'm gossiping about, if I'm pulling other people down, if I'm talking negatively about other people... Surely every minute I waste doing that is a minute that I'm not doing 
focusing on achieving the things that I want to, want to achieve. Every person I try and pull down, and there's this great uh, expression, you can have the tallest building in the town by ripping down everybody else's buildings. But how much satisfaction is in that? When you've met people that have built really tall buildings, like the tallest buildings in the world, or I remember being involved a little bit with the, the tallest residential building in the world was built on the Gold Coast. And it was just such a wow experience because we put hard effort and and hard work and money and passion and enthusiasm and drive into creating this beautiful thing versus, oh, let's run around and pull down everybody else's buildings. What if we stopped discriminating against anybody for any reason? We just treated everybody as a unique individual. Everybody's different. Are there women who are horrible? Of course. Are there men who are horrible? Of course. Are there gorgeous, beautiful men and women in the world? Of course. How about we get to know somebody before we judge them on the colour of their skin or their gender or where they went to school or how much money they make? Or Last but not least is a great question. Could we uh, analyse, observe the way people treat the people who can't do anything for them? And I um, have often, unfortunately, been involved with, with people who aim to impress with their impressiveness the people who can do something for them. So I'm going to say the right things, I'm going to wear a certain thing, I'm going to do a certain thing so I can have this person like me and want to employ me and want to be involved with me. But how about this? What if, wouldn't it be a freeing way to live if everybody that comes in contact with you, you treat them like a unique individual, a special person, you want to make them feel important and it doesn't matter whether they can do something for you or not. Here's an even better question. How do you know they can't? If you ignore a homeless person or you don't talk to the person at the checkout at the supermarket or the cleaning person at the five-star hotel, if you think you're more important than them, and here's my, <laughs> I have to ask this question because I always ask this when I go to schools. Uh, if the principal of a school isn't at school for the day, the kids of the school probably don't know and most of the teachers probably don't know either. The only people that don't know that the principal hasn't turned up for the day is probably the principal's assistant and maybe the people in the office who know that the principal isn't in their office. However, if the cleaning person's not at school, <laughs> we will all notice very quickly. So who's more important? Is it the cleaning person or the principal? And here's my answer, please. Nobody is more important than anybody else. Nobody is, I don't even go a step further. Who's to say somebody's smarter than somebody else? Because your kind of smart will suit your lifestyle, but there's different kinds of smarts. There's the example of somebody that's got a double doctorate degree from university, but they can't change a tire. Uh, the guy that, and, and the double doctorate degree, if they want to get somewhere and they've got a flat tire, they have to go and get the guy that can change the tire or the girl. How about we're all important, we're all special, we all add value to the world. Now, that's not true because not everybody does add value to the world. It seems that some people try and devalue the world, take value away. But I don't want to be that person, how about you? So what if you and I live every day as the best the best person that treats everybody else as a best person? So we believe in ourselves, we've got self-confidence and self-esteem and we treat everybody else as if they were an important person. Can we learn from everybody? Can we experience different things from everybody? Can we have a special experience every time we meet somebody new? And who would have control over that? Last but not least, nobody can hurt you without your permission. 
So if somebody's trying to pull you down, discriminate against you, treat you poorly, they can only do that if you let them. So how about this? Don't let them.